0: and welcome once again it's always our pleasure to bring you in to our world the mysterious world of swing thoughts along with coach tim o'connor golf coach Spiritual leader,
1: <laughs>
0: I forgot. No, I'm spirits. I'm golf spiritual leader. He's a mental performance guru. I'm stuck on mystery, the mystery of the mystery, talk. our world, our mysterious world, <laughs> where we embody your thoughts and feelings about this ridiculous game. Uh, this is episode 231, and we're proud to be sponsored by TaylorMade Golf. In fact, we're going to be talking to a. Another expert The product line manager From TaylorMade Golf In a moment or two Very exciting I'm going to get all nerdy About equipment uh, But of course uh, If you're watching uh, Tim's uh, YouTube channel You'll see that He's once again Resplendent In the beautiful Oscar Bravo Polo Which is beautiful
1: It is It is and it's, it's lovely I think it's I think it's
0: blue.
1: Yeah, I think it's blue too.
0: <laughs> yeah. I Now, speaking of mysterious, why yeah. why do we think it's blue? Cuz we're both color challenged. Yes. Um, here's the thing. I am not wearing it. Uh, David Cox, who is our sponsor at Oscar who is oscarbravo.com. I because I just finished the Humble and Fred show and I didn't have time to jet up there. But tell I want to just want to shout out to these I've I finally got a chance to wear them. And I uh, I washed them. Remember we had this discussion about washing them? I was a little bit nervous. So, what I did, Tim, is I washed them on delicate. I washed them on delicate. Hang on. Dog's about to start barking. So, I, I'm... Just put a pin in that for a second. I'm babysitting my daughter's dog. And you're about oh, to is hear... This the, is this the dog that's on the cover of the book? Yeah, yeah. This dog's got his own book. So, you're about to hear my dog bark. But you're going to hear the here he goes wait there's my dog and you're going to hear the aggravating sounds of a small dog barking and it's unbelievable there she and she cries and barks okay
1: See, so, that's why I
0: have a big dog they don't have that aggravating little no. dog yap <laughs> it's unbelievable hold on a second
1: <laughs> well well well, well so, is, it's fine. It's, fine it's fine hear, hear that hear that? hear that
0: Hey, here's the thing. This is how real this show is. That's the sound of a dog with 300. You'll love this, uh, James. That dog has 300,000 Instagram followers. Yeah, I know. You're like, why (laughs) the tailor made guy just went? Why aren't we sponsoring that dog? My, hey,
2: my, my dog's got more followers than me. I know that much. But 300,000, that's extreme.
0: Okay, Tim, don't panic. Everyone's enjoying this part. Just just relax. Anyway, so um, I, I, I was worried about these, these shirts are not. They're very bespoke. Look at Tim's shirt. It's just amazing. I was worried when I washed it that I was going to wreck it. Like, I thought seriously of uh, getting it dry cleaned. Have you washed one yet?
1: Yeah, I've washed them a bunch of times. So, here's this how, is trauma from your former life. From so, when here you yeah, had women in your house. I used
0: to have women do stuff like this. I've been doing it myself. <laughs> and so, the trauma was I thought that collar, if you look at that collar, so cool. I thought yeah. the collar wouldn't come back to like to, to square or whatever to, to, to be nice. But it worked, they
1: work out perfectly because Tim, it's so well made. Exactly. Yes. Made in Italy with the finest fabrics. Exactly. And while you're quieting your dogs, a little shout out to David Couchs, who is one of the key guys behind Oscar, who is Oscar Bravo. Uh, I played in the weekend in the early bird tournament with uh, Mr. Kauks, and he happened to win the B flight. That's for the two index and up. And he was resplendent in this shirt. And uh, he not only looked awesome, but uh, he played awesome, and that's what these shirts do for you. So, yeah, Mister Cox was full value for for looking good in his Oscar Bravo shirt on the weekend, and he played great too. Yeah, we're gonna. I was gonna get to. We're gonna get to
0: the earlier bird and how you did, because I would tell you, you look great in that shirt, Tim. You know, it's it's hard not to. And if you're looking for uh, more information about it, go to whoisoscarbravo.com. And I'm going to tell you that you we've said this for a few weeks now. There's only 100 of each design made. So you will be one of the few people at your course that has it. And uh, and you shouldn't be afraid of it. OK, that's all I'm going to say.
1: <laughs> Don't, be afraid. Don't be afraid of it.
0: Uh, OK, the dog is quieting down. Yeah, it's a long story, James. My uh, daughter started an Instagram account about four years ago with this dog. And it's not just the dog like most people. Oh, here's a picture of my dog. Anyway, and now the dog has a book and uh, maybe soon to be a movie. I don't know. But Speaking
1: anyway. of bespoke, that dog looked great in various outfits. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, let's You know, we don't often get into gear, but when we do, we like to get the guy that knows the gear on the show. Uh, this isn't his first time, and he does a good job. He is the product line manager, as I mentioned, of uh, TaylorMade Golf. And uh, we always uh, like catching up with our buddy James Dee's. James, how are you, my friend? Jamie Dee's. Happy, okay. doing well. Doing well. I'm happy to, happy to yes. join this. Sorry for all the commotion, James, but this is a real show. It's you know, real. It's this luck. isn't sl- some slick production.
2: <laughs> it's all the flink thoughts. You got to block all the stuff out, right? You got to be able to. You got to you go. you gotta be able to focus.
0: He gets it. You got to be able to focus.
1: Yeah, I, the um, mysteriousness of swing thoughts. The mystery that is
0: swing thoughts. You know, there was an email exchange um, going back and forth between the three of us. Did you see what I wrote you about my, uh, you yep. said, <laughs>
2: you
0: <laughs> James says, uh, is there anything I should know? Any trick questions? I said, only one question. Why am I hitting this driver so far?
2: That's, it is a mystery. That's, that's part of the mystery,
0: isn't it? I will tell you the truth. Yeah. Let, me be, let me be completely honest. I loved my Stealth last year and, and the 3Wood so much. And I went away this winter. and I used it for two months, and I was just hitting it so good. Even though I knew the new stuff was coming, I was so like, I'm not sure I want to give up the new dr- the, my driver. I love it so much. And then I hadn't, because the weather was so shit, I hadn't had a chance to hit the Stealth outside very much. But I've been playing with it now for a couple of weeks and uh, dude, those commercials are true. I've hit so many what I thought were slightly off center hits that just went. So maybe you can start with that. Is what- yeah.
2: That's that that's probably the biggest thing. That that's the biggest change that we've seen year over year. If there is any if there was any drawback or, or any detriment to last year's product, and last year we have to remember it was a brand new brand new creation, right? Putting carbon in the face, you've seen carbon all over, uh, all over in the crowns and the soles and, and in various parts of a club, but never in the face because of a collision application. Um, so obviously, you're going to see as time goes on, you're going to see that construction get refined and get better uh, as we've as we've gone out of you know twenty plus years of titanium, uh, and so we've been able to change sort of the, the layers. There are sixty layers of carbon in that face and be able to change some of the angles, how that product is layered, uh, just to be able to make it a little bit more effective where everyone hits it, which is all over the place. So make a bigger sweet spot, make it a little bit more forgiving. Uh, you've seen probably the, the ads on TV for forgiveness, and, and that's really what it's about, is creating that, that better dispersion and a better distance all over the face. Um, and I've only had a chance to get out there in in the real world, if if you want to call it that, once and I found the same thing it's just it just feels like it's a little bit tighter in terms of dispersion you get away with a little bit more and what that means is then you're more confident to swing it a little bit faster and that it's a real snowball effect out there
1: and you're seeing how effective it is in terms of its popularity at my club at blue springs pretty old, everyone's swinging a stealth
2: yeah and it's obviously very noticeable too as soon as you whether you got a custom head cover or whatever, as soon as you pull the head cover off, and that face really pops, and uh, you're you're able to see it pretty clearly who's got what in the bag.
1: I mean, it's and not just easy... on, just on a minor point. I love I don't know what you call it the, the clear coat on top of the crown. Yeah, Last year's part. was matte. It yep. just looks so sweet down there behind the ball.
2: Yeah, that's that. That was one of the the drawbacks. You kind of go back and forth sometimes between matte and gloss because somebody mm-hmm. wants uh, everybody wants something that's a little bit different all the time. But uh, definitely the gloss presents something that's a little bit more of a premium look, and that's what we we're going for. This well, I, I
0: call it, I, I like the shiny part because it seems old school to a guy like me. You know, it reminds me of old the old persimmon drivers that had that shiny top. But I was going to ask you there, it's got to be difficult. And I've had this conversation. Maybe you have too, Timmy with golfers year after year manufacturers trying to make drivers and clubs better. And the public is like, okay, well what, what is different? And, you know, I think that was one of the challenges with the stealth Two, is because the stealth one was so good. And now that I've had a couple of weeks of, I've hit a lot of golf balls with it. And I think for a lot of people, you're just going to, first of all, as you just said, it has a different look. There's a different sort of setup to it, but I can tell you from being a you know a decent driver of the ball that my speeds up a little bit, but my speed that confidence that you get from it, where you can swing a little harder, knowing that you know this this dispersion isn't so bad. Not that the stealth had a lot of dispersion, but I can tell you, which however you put it, that there's a tighter pattern to it mm-hmm. that I've noticed, and and I've also noticed it with the three wood. Which I've I've started hitting. I love it. And again, I was kind of like, I don't know if I want to give up the other one. You know, I mean, it's it's like a what do they call it? A spoiled for choice. But I can I can say now I see why you guys do it because you've made it better.
2: Well, and I think you also have to remember that you know we're whether you want to believe you're you're in the industry or not, you're in the industry, right? Um, and most people that are out there are not replacing last year's product; they're replacing product from four and six and eight years ago. So they're going to be the ones that really see the substantial jump. You might not see these huge jumps year over year. Someone might just based on their swing characteristics, their launch characteristics when they hit the ball. But in general, it's it's, it's the players that are replacing products that are five, six, seven years old that are going to see the, the real appreciable <laughs> jump. Um, and it, it is more certainly more difficult to to make those jumps on a year-to-year basis um and i'm not sure you alluded to the fairway as well and you know i did love it really good jumps in that um if you're using the stealth 2 plus it's got that 50 gram sliding weight too the number of different launch characteristics that you can create with that you can you can change the spin rates by three four hundred rpms you change the launch angle by over a degree not to mention the adjustability that already comes with it from years past which is changing the face angle in the loft you can go from uh Basically a two wood, or we call a rocket three, to a, to a, almost a five wood setting. So you can do everything with that
0: product. Well, I'll tell you, you make a great point. Tim and I are in the industry because of our association with you. We've been lucky. TaylorMade's been with us a long time, so we get to try products year by year by year. I'll just say this: if you've got a bubble shaft or whatever, you're going to see. Do <laughs> You remember that? Oh, that made bubble. I love that. For um, the R seven, the R seven. If you're if you're using an R seven, you are going to get some big gains. Um, before we before we started, you said that you were. We were talking about. Uh, I, Tim asked you if there was something in particular. What were, the, what were the irons you were mentioning?
2: Uh, stealth HD. So I know I know there are a lot of people that would be listening that um, sometimes it feels like maybe they don't want to play something that we would call a max game improvement, but that's really what's best for them. And this, this product is a game changer for a lot of players. And we've seen that recently with, you know, as we're getting just starting to get out in the field and getting custom fit. And uh, the Stealth HD iron looks a little different. It's done so on purpose. Um, it's a little bit wider body, it's got a wider top line, and it's actually got weaker lofts. So what we've seen throughout the years is the lofts get stronger and stronger on irons because the center of gravity gets lower, ball speeds are higher, so your peak heights and launch angles are the same. But the distance is significantly longer. But For a lot of players with slower swing speeds, um, the idea is that you need actually weaker lofts, get the ball up in the air, have it carry more. You've probably seen players out there all the time, especially you, Tim, just, you know, if you're doing lessons and, and showing players, they cannot get the ball off the ground. They're trying to hit a five iron and it just doesn't get higher than 10 feet off the ground. So we made something with really low center of gravity, weaker lofts, get the ball up in the air to allow that carry distance to be better, allow that steeper descent angle, allow you to hold some greens more. And so it's a product that, Maybe doesn't get the fanfare it deserves with all of our players' irons, our forged product, as well as the Stealth iron that, that carried over this year. But Stealth HD is a really good product for a lot of players to look at um, when they go out and, and they want to get custom fit this year. Uh, especially, again, those players who maybe aren't swinging their driver 100 miles an hour. They're swinging their driver 80. Um, and, and that's a lot of players out there in the in the, uh, in the game.
1: That's interesting because uh, as I was getting ready for today's podcast, I was looking at your, your site, and and um, I saw the HDs. Those are interesting-looking clubs. And so I'm glad we're talking about it because a key thing for a lot of golfers is getting over their own ego. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that some players would look and go, I don't know, it looks kind of different. But to me, that I would just invite you to to take the chance that you could be different and discover it. It's somewhat like, you know, when the hybrids came in years and years ago, a lot of guys were afraid to use the hybrid. And it wasn't until they saw some tour pros using it. So kind of get over your ego, folks. Check these clubs out because I think, as Jamie just described, I think they could really benefit your game in terms of, particularly if you got a lower swing speed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and, and what you said,
0: Jamie, too, just jumping in is, G- giving players loft back seems counterintuitive to everyone it wants does. to hit it farther but if you can't get the ball off the ground you need some old school lofting in some of those irons
2: mm-hmm. yeah and and that's that's the idea is that if you if you're not uh, able to create the speed to get the ball off the ground on your own then you need that weaker loft to to help you do that and there's a little bit more left bias in it as well because they still see players Slicing irons and um, Needing that extra bit of help but The one piece of advice that I remember getting um, When we were talking about custom Fitting is use the biggest Most forgiving iron that looks good to you mm-hmm. As long as you can look down At it you're going to need the forgiveness At some point and if it still looks good to you Then in the playing position then you should be Using the biggest most forgiving product uh, That you possibly can
0: I'm looking at it now Tim uh, on your recommend TaylorMadeGolf.ca under clubs There's the Stealth HD irons and uh, you can see why they're easier to hit right away. They got a little bit more mm-hmm. offset, um, and, and if you're looking down, sole. bigger, thicker sole. It's gonna and, and and the profile of it. It's a pretty cool set. You know, remember back in the early '70s, before you were born, Jamie, when old Tim and I, the first set of clubs that came up that were you know whatever that was, weighted perimeter weighted clubs. <laughs> um, they looked ridiculous. You know, and, and over the years, some of the clubs that are game improvement weren't as cool looking, but these are these are actually pretty cool looking clubs.
2: Yeah, they're they're different with a purpose, is, is the way I like to say. It.
1: I love that. Yeah. Hey, um, well, how about go ahead? Well, I was going to say, speaking of of different, um, that tour response stripe ball is is a really interesting looking ball. Yeah, over your shoulder um, there. So, what? Maybe just speak to us about. What having that stripe? What's the advantage of that? It, it's definitely um
2: if you haven't had a chance to putt with it, you have to put it down and putt with it, and you'd be able to see the line. You'd be able to see how well you putt. And I think that's where it really started. But the idea is that um, visual tech in the golf ball space is quickly approaching fifty percent of sales now, and I'm talking just non-white. That would include yellow golf balls, and would include our TP five picks, um, it would include logo golf balls, and things of that nature. But Tool response stripe is one that is we've, we've not been able to keep up with the demand on this. Um, when you set it down and you putt with it, you can really see the track. Uh, it's a very solid line. But the the really interesting thing is if you use other colors, we have red or blue, um, some of the darker ones, and you actually hit it off the tee, you can see the stripe when you're driving the ball, too. It, it's it's amazing to watch. Um, but the idea is really for alignment um and, it, and it's a little bit about fun too mm-hmm. you know to be able to walk out and use a golf ball that you don't have to mark up we're all used to pulling a white golf ball out and mm-hmm. putting a marking on it so you no, know it's yeah. yours you might not have to do that now
1: well you know what I, I just needed to interject because um they are super popular so much so at the beginning of the year uh, one of the guys i wanted to play he wondered if there was orange and he's like one of those guys who like always wears orange shirts Orange hats. you wanted the orange ball. So the the only recommendation I could give is, is start giving these colors out in separate boxes rather than all mixed.
0: Uh, you know, i there's a I'm,
2: jar I'm, ball too. There's a jar ball that some courses bought into, and so you can just pick and choose a couple of different colors that appeal to. Oh, you there it.
0: you go. I wanted to pick up on something you said about these golf balls because I I actually was going to bring it up too, Timmy. I I've I've had a chance to putt with it a couple of times but is there something because I am seeing more people using different colored golf balls period is there something about that is that it seems like the senior guys will start using colored golf balls is it because we see them better is it because there's a different look the way you swing it is there some advantage to it
2: yeah there's uh, there is a, a technical advantage to it and going back to two response stripe right? even if players aren't using it in play it is a really good training aid mm-hmm. but to really be able to see whether, whether you're striking the ball square um, and whether it's holding its line. right? Um, our our TP5 Picks ball does this as well. If you line it up, it's called a clear path. So if you line it up properly with the alignment aid, when you roll it, you would be able to see a, a path form. Um, so it, it is about the technical aspects. It is about, especially on the greens, using it for that that track, that, that visible clear path uh, or stripe um, alignment aid. But again, it's it's a little bit about, you know, in in the game, just making the game personal to you. And we also do we've also launched something that's called my symbol. And I'm not sure if you you've seen that, but you can choose. There are a whole bunch of preset logos. Mm. Uh, we have we have our our, our uh, golf course accounts out there. Um, partners like Golf Town have created their own, um, and you can actually instead of the number. You can change the color of the tailor-made logo. Wow. You can put a little, you can put a taco or a, <laughs> or a picture of a dog. Um, you can personalize it on the side. So it, it just allows, you know, bring some more fun to the game. Bring some more color and some more fun to the game as well. It makes everything more personal like we see all industries doing.
0: This. Well, and speaking of which, you can actually even personalize your stealth driver with my stealth uh, two I'm just looking at it now as you're speaking you can change the color of the carbon
1: facing to whatever you want that's ridiculous and the as well the my spider gtx you can customize that that's some really cool stuff you're doing there yeah it's
2: amazing and I think it's it it's just what you see in all industries right now. How you're able to personalize things to yourself um, and be able to deliver it in a really uh, short period of time, within within a couple of weeks in a lot of cases. Wow! Um, but you can have your you can have a customized golf ball. You can put your initials on your putter. You can uh, change the face of your driver, and you can really make it so that your bag is personalized. Uh, so it, again, it's it's yours yours alone, and and it adds a little bit of fun and color to the game.
0: I, in our last couple minutes here, and, and this is going to be a great segue, I think, for us. Uh, uh, Tim, I was going to say, what is your name? <laughs> Timothy? Um, this is going to be a great segue for us after Jamie because I wanted to spend some time talking about this character and what, how different golf is, etc. But I noticed the day after the PGA Championship that Taylor made, I had already taken out an ad with... Uh, Top fifteen America's golf sweetheart, Michael Block, and I thought, good for you, TaylorMade, because I noticed as everyone did, he was wearing TaylorMade gear all through the weekend.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's a TaylorMade guy. He's he's definitely the uh, he's definitely the man of the hour for sure, and he's supposed to be playing. I think he's playing this weekend again. It's mm. sponsors exemptions. We'll see. Uh, Keep some momentum going because. That, uh, that is definitely the tin cup sort of underdog story.
0: Well, and I, you may not be able to answer this and I don't want to put you on the spot, but like as a club pro but who plays at a national level, I mean, he's a very fine player, obviously. Would he have had a deal in place, let me put it this way, would those 20 guys that made the PGA championship from the from the club pro world, would they have all had some kind of deals in place to play or to wear equipment?
2: Yeah. I mean, we have, uh, and we have hundreds of players across Canada as well. Locally that are, we just call them our, our staff professionals. They call them the home pro staff in, um, in, in the U S we have an advisory board. We have advisory council that, that help us make some of the decisions that will drive business Mm -hmm. at the golf course level. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of those staff professionals that that really do the day to day job of helping us drive sales at that level. Sure. Uh, and, and being ambassadors for us, you know, at the courses that you all uh, that, that you all play, of course. But he he definitely would have had a deal in place, and he's he's been a staffer of ours for a while, uh, so long in fact that he was using some some pretty archaic irons, gold <laughs> yeah. <That's a>, well, <laughs> irons in his bag with lead tape and everything. Uh, I,
0: whatever the deal was before, I'm I'm gonna promise you it's gonna cost you more now. But listen, it'll be worth it. Uh, Jamie Dees is the product line manager. Uh, just do what Tim and I have done: go to TaylorMadeGolf.ca. And even during this conversation, I saw things that I had I had no idea about, but. What a uh, great conversation with you, as always, and hopefully this won't be the last time for the season because we always learn something when you're on, my friend.
1: For sure. Thanks, Dad. Thank you, Jamie. Give right, right, our thanks, best Jamie. to Jamie. Good to see you, everyone, right. back at the uh, office. Give our
0: best to Big Nick. And Nick is a tough guy to get a hold of. And does Nick do this with you? Email you back at like two in the morning?
2: That's his. That's
0: his thing. Yeah, it's unbelievable.
2: Yep. He's the hardest working guy in a, golf. He's a night owl. Yeah, no he's kidding. A
0: night owl of all night owls. Uh, listen man give our best to everyone back at the uh, lab as well. All, all right, take care. Uh, bum. No. So I want to get your thoughts uh Timothy Timberly um, I know you were playing uh, at uh, St. Thomas. This is all going to work together, I promise you. It's going to be a Venn diagram. Your weekend at there we St. Are, Thomas the Venn diagram again. <laughs> your weekend at St. Thomas, why I didn't play, and the third component the Michael Block story.
1: Yes. Did you get to see any of it? I did, yeah. I, I got home Sunday, I don't know, kind of. Leaders were on the front nine, so I got to see most of it. Because my tea time was so early on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Well, he's, you know. Here's what I would say. I don't know what your are my, my opening remarks are going to be this. Like, America, human beings love this is what we love about sport because mm-hmm. but Americans, especially the underdog, the, um, you know, guy out of nowhere rises to it's Well, it really goes back to it's the hero. It's the hero story oh, totally. of any Heroes you're journey. a novelist. It was so the hero story, the hero's journey. It's called or the hero's quest. You know, we we're talking about it on the Humble and Fred show with uh, longtime sportscaster Paul Romanuk this morning. We're saying it like it's already a movie. I mean, the, the the beginning, the middle and the end is written. I, I, I mean, there's so many things that have happened to this guy besides exemptions, besides the fact that he won nearly 300,000. There's an adult site, not an adult porn site, but an adult site like a. Site for people that uh, sports betting that's offered him three hundred thousand dollars to be their their teaching pro of record for the next year. I promise you, somebody has optioned his story for a book for a movie. It's 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 that's the American way, you know. Oh, yeah. If this was Canadian, it would be like a year from now. Maybe there'll be a Canada Council grant. Hey, remember that guy? <laughs> but Americans, that's one thing I admire. Man, they take action immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, wouldn't we have a committee that would be struck? Yeah, out exactly. Who writes some commission? letters? But how uh, did this happen? Like, all of, you know, and that really is, you know, again, it's gotten better over the years. But this, you know, that's the star system in the states. That machinery was grinding. You know this, and the fact that he got a hole in one,
1: I know, it's,
0: was just bananas. It's off
1: the charts. It's totally off the charts. The only thing that uh, wasn't totally magical is that uh they showed it on replay the the hole in one uh it, it didn't happen live um nance i think nance had to come back he says and a moment ago so mm-hmm. well, anyways, at the time he I, no, got no, it he was in was, the whole thing was just yes. crazy well, at the and, time he got yeah. it
0: at the time he got it he wasn't getting much coverage he got some <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I mean on Sunday, kind of the story had been told in in many ways. I know some media guys were kind of like, "Okay, here we go again. Here's the block story." Um, They're starting to get self conscious of how much time this guy was getting, but uh, the ace just crazy. I mean, you can talk about how we all love, you know, it's not really a redemption story, but underdog. You know, anyone can rise up yep. and do. I mean, it's just off the charts. And not everyone's a big fan of Brooks Koepka, you know, and and not everyone, you know, the whole live tour thing. There's folks who are like not that happy to see that happen. I saw that the numbers uh, came out in terms of viewership were down. Like that's the worst of uh, the lowest numbers for watching the final round of PJ in 15 <laughs> really? years. Um, but so the point is, is that, just block provided something else. I felt very good for Brooks Kepka. I, the, the, just minor tangent here that, that full swing thing, I felt just sincere empathy for the guy. I got over my own projections about him being a dick. um, And, you know, I felt good for him winning, but, Back the block. I mean, that was just—it's an amazing, amazing story. And as it has been said many times, you can't script it. That's the most amazing thing, particularly about live sports. Yeah, you just don't know what the hell's going to happen, and that's the beauty of it. Well,
0: so, media—you know—the the media people going, oh, you know, sick of this story already. Well, that's why they're media people because they're cynical and they, right? You know. Yeah. But the—I'll tell you—the the viewers couldn't have gotten enough of it. Um, as far oh, yeah. as, you know, like, you know, you're, I'll just speak to your tangent for a second. Like, I don't really, i never liked Brooks Koepka, but you can't argue with the fact that only 100%. a few people in history have won five majors. And since 1990, only three of them have done it, and he's one of them. So, I mean, and, and I mean, live the live aspect of this, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts to this conversation. But you got to admit, you know, like, there's there's got to be something addressed because you can't tell me that Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith, you know, aren't in the top 100 players on on in, a, you know, in the world golf rankings. And I've been a critic. I've been a critic of this. You know, I've said, hey, listen, your tour doesn't have four rounds, et cetera, et cetera. We all know that story. Yep. All of but that. They've got to figure something out. Morality aside. And again, this conversation came up because um, Paul Romanuk was talking about the fact that, you know, you, he can't support live because it has direct ties. And this was his point, because I said, listen, there's lots of companies that do business with the PGA Tour that have ties to Saudi Arabia. But Paul's point, and it's a good one, is this is the most direct. It's it's literally being funded mm-hmm. by MBS one of the Crown Prince guys who had Khashoggi killed. So it's not like they can sidestep the morality of it. But every conversation with Liv, you have to kind of go, OK, putting that aside, exactly. Brooks Kepka should definitely be on the Ryder Cup team. And there you go. DJ exactly. should definitely be on the Ryder Cup team. And Zach Johnson being coy. Well, you know, we're having discussions. You guys are idiots if you don't put those guys on the Ryder Cup team so there's that
1: I love you know what I also loved about the whole block thing was uh, the video so Amanda Renner texts blocks kid who's at the club oh yeah I love that everyone goes totally ape shit Amanda shares what her kid said and everybody started crying yeah I know I loved it Totally. Nance, Nance, he said he lost it. They all did. You know? They could, all did. Oh, my God. You could hear it You could hear it in Finchie's voice when it came back. Yep. You could hear it in Nance. And you just go, this is wonderful stuff. Absolutely. And you know what? It, it, it made the
0: broadcast. And you're right about it. Totally. You know, Brooks not the most popular character. Uh, DeChambeau, again, another guy that should be on the Ryder Cup. I mean, you know, I don't like those guys, but I miss seeing them compete. I can't yeah. stand Mickelson. I don't care if I ever seen Pickle- Mickelson play again, but Cam Smith, you know, DeShambo and, and Brooks Kepka, DJ, those are guys I miss seeing from the league that I follow. <laughs> there you go. You know, and, and, and you I, follow. yeah, I mean, I can't get, we talked about this, uh, Freddie and I, I can't, can't get my head around the, the team names and the, 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 the circus atmosphere. It's just not for me. But you no. can't deny that those guys play good golf and Brooks Kepka, you know, Brooks Kepka, second at the Masters, first at the PGA. You know, and I was thinking all this live stuff while it was going on. I'm like, this is either a good or a bad day to for live depending on where you are on this, you know, in this discussion because it definitely
1: made them look pretty good. Yeah, although I was uh I was thinking there'd be a lot more media discussion about, you know, how I don't know, authentic or how good are the players on live, how good a competitive culture it is. I haven't seen a whole lot. I think just people think uh, Kepka's a good player and he played really well. I mean, he is, he is really, he is a a great player. It's a good
0: point you make though, but the culture of live must be good enough to keep those guys sharp, you know, because you didn't come out of, uh, the, the one thing is they're not playing, they're only, the, the knock against it was they're not playing against the John Rams and the Scotty Schefflers and the Justin Thomases and the the other really good players, but they're playing against each other. Mm-hmm. And it must be good enough because Patrick Reed had a good Masters. Patrick Reed was in the top 25 at the PGA. There was a bunch of other guys from their tour that did pretty well. Um, you know, I mean, I'm an old guy. I just kind of wish it didn't happen because we all hate change and disruption. But yeah, uh, yep we do
1: well the interesting thing too is um was a key part of the reason Kepka went to live because essentially thought his career was over yeah i mean his right knee was just so badly injured he couldn't you know you've probably read the stuff he couldn't load into his you know into his trail knee which you have to do to make it you know, a sound golf swing. You got to take your weight somewhere so you can take it forward. And he couldn't do that. And I has a, have a sense that, you know, kind of like Poulter, he went, mm, you know, best days behind me. Mm-hmm. So well, let's, let's, let's grab the dough. So don't know. Of course, we may never know the answer to that one, but, um, I've always wondered, you know, what happens when one of those live guys goes, uh, Mr. Monaghan, um, I think I made a mistake.
0: <laughs> Can I come well, back? Yeah, we've talked about that. I mean, I don't know that they're going to be allowed back. Um uh, like you, know, you have to sit out in the hall perpetually forever? Well, I don't know. And well, part of the problem, too, and there's a legal aspect to this. There's a class yes. action lawsuit. There's a whole bunch of, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts to this conversation and maybe, you know, I, I don't have all the... I know I'm certainly not qualified. I just, have, I just have opinions around some facts. I don't have all the facts. I know that the guys on the PGA Tour don't seem to have any animus or any animosity toward DJ. Um, I don't know what their vibe is with Brooks Kepka. You know, you can't deny that when he's healthy, which he is this year... You know, he played great golf. I watched the entire last round. He played great golf. But getting back to uh, Michael Block for a second, here's a fun little fact for you. So Michael Block uh, versus golf's best players. This is from Golf Digest. Beats Rom by six. Shafley by one. Max Homa by eight. Mats Fitzpatrick, the U.S. Open uh, winner by five. Spieth by four. Finau by 14. And Dustin by eight. But I will tell you this, young fella. He's playing in the Colonial. He got a sponsor's exemption to this yeah. week.
1: And the Canadian and Open. And the
0: Canadian Open. And I would be interested to see what happens next week if I'm wrong. I, I, I would say I guarantee he doesn't make the cut. Oh, gosh. He's going to be exhausted. Absolutely. I don't think he's going to make the cut for that reason. And, you know, Oak Hill... Where you only where you only need to shoot even par to be in the top fifteen, this PGA tour is a different beast. <laughs> you know, he's now going up against like he's hitting his seven iron the same distance I do. Like he's going to be going going up against guys. When he made that hole in one, he's like seven iron. That's like a nine iron for those guys. He's going to be going up <laughs> against guys, and this is by the way, great segue coming to. He's going up against guys that hit it so much further he's got they're going to be they're they're, the winning score this week coming up is going to be 20
1: under exactly he's not
0: going 20 under now
1: i could be wrong well most pga tour events are putting contests and unless you're rolling the rock as they say um uh you know pga tour level week after week yeah i don't see it happening but who knows? Maybe it does. Who cares? Well, let's enjoy this ride yeah, while well we can. But I, it's not. I
0: disagree with what you just said. It's not just a putting contest. You've got to get. You've got to be able to get on greens that are. I'm just saying agreed. that in yes, a real. Agreed. In yes, a re- overstated. Oh no, in God, a real PGA so tour event, they shoot four under on average. I just don't yep. see him shooting sixteen to eighteen under. I could have, again could be wrong. Of course, I'm going to enjoy the ride. God damn it! No, uh, I'm just saying that. It's a different beast that he got himself into. You know, Oak Hill played like a P, like the U.S. Open. You know, pars were great. When you go to play Colonial, you know, you shoot two rounds of 70, you know, you're going to be missed a go by home. six. So here's the segue to, to your tournament this weekend. So you played St. Thomas, where we've talked about it for years. I've been, I don't know how many years I've played the tournament, probably 15, 18 years. And um, you sent me a note. When the draw came out, you said, "Why aren't you playing?" And I said, "Well, I made the decision not to play." First, let's talk about how you played, and then I'll tell you after, foreshadowing why I did not play.
1: <laughs> All right, um, I played. Um, I played pretty well. I was very pleased with my ball striking. Um, it was interesting that um, I had an early tee time on Saturday. I think my car was the second one in the parking lot because I'm an old guy and I wake up way early and had nothing else to do. So there I am sitting in the car overlooking the driving range and it's not even set up yet. And the rain is pouring down on the car and it's dark and it's kind of cold. I have to turn on my car every once in a while so that my feet don't get cold. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm thinking, do I want to do this? Oh my god and uh but then it's you know the the rain finally stopped but um anyways um ball striking was was pretty good and i started off really well and then (laughs) on my uh third hole the 12th hit a shank 12th is (laughs) the uh hang on so par
0: five par 5 back towards the clock. right yes yes good little par 5 Dog leg right crazy green
1: oh yeah 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 so anyways uh the the shank was kind of like sent a little bolt of electricity through uh through my body and uh, made double there um but anyways the the key thing is that i i knew that i kind of this season i was late getting out to play i wasn't even that enthused about it and what i learned was i wasn't really that uh, it certainly wasn't in tournament mode and hadn't really turned on that part of my brain around making good decisions and you know as we were talking earlier to stay kind of on point assessments Mm -hmm. and i made some just really stupid decisions and uh, the stupidest decision. Yes. Walk me through it.
0: I, I'm Carol. I want I'm to yeah. I want to come back in a second, but ask you like what that meant about turning on your golf brain. but go ahead. What was your, what was your stupidest decision? <laughs>
1: so uh lovely number 15, one of the toughest, toughest holes I've ever played ever play. Absolutely. So you got a Creek going down the entire right side. Uh, you have, uh, you have to cross over a lateral Creek
0: Twice. Yeah, you cross over twice, including right in front of the green, which is bananas. Exactly.
1: So, you know, for me, 66-year-old man, I call it a true shotter. But anyways, um <laughs> hit a pretty good drive. And then I uh, had a hybrid that I could, I think I had about 160 to carry the first creek. So, a nah, hybrid, no problem. Right. Well, uh kind of hit this squirrely shot that landed short of the creek, but... It looked like it went in the hazard. So I get there and I'm relieved, amazingly, that the ball hasn't gone in the hazard. It's kind of on the bank and it's long in in kind of this longish grasp. I think that, you know, I can chase this out of here with a 54 degree wedge. Well (laughs) I I topped it into the creek and it's like, oh my God, okay. And, and and so, this is when sort of the chaos of tournament golf starts to happen, to ramp up. So, I drop it again. Dude, yep. Drove that one straight into the water. And that's when I went, oh, wait a sec. I could have dropped this on the other side of the hazard. Right. <laughs> the nice, you know, uniformly cut rough. Um, and it would have been just fine. So... Anyways, I hit it up and ended up making a ten.
0: I was going to say, what was it? Yeah. Was the number double digit? Because I'm right now. I'm trying to think. Is he on his fifth shot still at the? uh And you're still. By anyway, the way, folks, so, yeah, where where I, this was I, isn't even. It's hundreds of yards from the green.
1: Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> but anyways, what I'm really so that was a, a, the 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 you know the AFGO another fucking growth opportunity was oh pause and make good decisions. Mm. The other good learning piece I thought was that I didn't do that thing that I see players do all the time you know when they get on the green and you see them look back and they start going one two three I didn't do that because I didn't want to know what my putt was my my, 25 foot putt was for Um, so anyways knocked it in the finally two putted And and I walked off the green and going, guys, I'm going to need some help with the math here. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I'm going to need this. Does anyone have an abacus that I can borrow? (laughs) Exactly, or a slide rule or something. Anyways, we thought it was an eleven, but we weren't sure. Mm. Um, So we we'll take it up with the scoring committee. And uh, anyways, it turned out to be a ten, and um, it was just. But you know what? The thing that I love about the early bird, and it's the same in most tournaments, is that it just becomes a story. It becomes fun. And, you know, there's a guy two holes behind me who who made a 12 on 16. And you just laugh like hell over that. And you go through the carnage of of that stuff. So that was fun. And actually, one of the guys, Nate, we were playing with, um, he had a sort of a similar... Thing happened to him on another hole, so we had like had to go to this the scoring committee and rule book and all that. It was, but it ended up being really fun. So there you go. And then
0: I understand you had a nice round on Sunday. You played a little bit better.
1: Oh yeah, I played better. I got yeah, I the recon better. from Still, Ronan eighty seven. it doesn't sound great, but um, you know I made a du- I made a triple on my second last hole. You know the cart path. And you know, bounces into oblivion. Nice in a in a, a dumb double. But other than that, I played. I played really well, and I had such a great time. My mm-hmm. goodness! And it just comes home to me that particularly tournaments like the Early Bird that have an amazing history. You know, it goes back to one of the re- things that I get drawn to it is that um, I used to caddy for my dad in it. My dad was a good player. Um, Mo Norman um, won. He was the first winner. He actually won the second one as well. Um, but there's just this great connection to this event and, and the people who play in it year after year, and you see a lot of the same guys, and it's just such a great community. And, and lastly, what I wanted to just impart was that it's – I remember teeing, uh, going to tee off, and I'm going like, oh, man, I, I kind of have two conflicting thoughts. One is – geez, I could be at home in bed and feel like I could sleep for three months and then there's no other place I'd rather be. It's just this, It's just the challenge and the fun knowing that you, I'm going to get beat up mercilessly by these greens <coughs> and it's just a, a hell of a fun challenge and, and maintaining that balance of not getting caught in the story, you know, the old woe is me nonsense and just enjoying it for everything it has to offer.
0: Well, that was quite the uh, that was quite the story. Very nice, thank you, Mr. O'Connor. Okay, to, qu-
1: to quote someone, uh, I'm
0: ready to take questions. Uh, well, I have a lot of questions, uh, although <laughs> I don't remember what they were because. Uh, no, the, the, the one thing I would say to you when you say like you we didn't have your your tournament head on, I would just say that. And, and by the way, it's beautiful. All that everything was beautiful, but I, I would just say as a you know as a coach myself that you know you knew you were you know you're playing a tournament and you know so the takeaway for people listening is well if you're in the tournament then you know then get your tournament head on you've played golf before and 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 some of those decisions especially you know and that's listen it's happened to all of us where you're in a hazard something weird happens and then you're like oh shit i should have i could have just done this that's that's all i would say that you know doesn't take away from the beauty and wonder that you've described.
1: Um, wonder especially. Yeah.
0: Now, I've played, again, that tournament, I've played it a million times. Played it as a kid, played it as an adult, played it as a senior. But the problem is uh, twofold. One, they do not have a senior division. They have a handicap division. So you played it from, I don't know, whatever they have the tees at. David Cox, by the way, our winner, uh, in the handicap two and above. The problem is My handicap isn't high enough, and I have to play it from the back tees. So I've been doing this now in my 60s. This is, I don't know, three or four years of this. So that was one. I just looked at the forecast. It was raining. And for some reason, the last three or four years, since I've, you know, you, you weren't playing in it when I first met you. You've only, like the last couple of years, you've played in it. But eight years ago, I don't I don't remember seeing you around there. I just know that the last few years that we've played in it together, it's rained that Saturday. i I started dating Rachel in 2017. She came with me in 2018. It rained. It was like 6 degrees. So, yeah. I've had a bunch of the, I, they canceled the second cancel round. a lot of guys, guys a lot of guys bailed in the second round. So my point is, I've had four or five years in a row of it being, again, they tee us off, the, young, the, the, the guys under two, starting at 8 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I was going to be off at 8.15 when I looked at the forecast, raining and feels like 11. And I'm like, that was number one. Number two, Fitzsimmons pulled out because of his wrist. Yep. So I was going to be there. I was going to be there by because the whole weekend was usually me and Charlie, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We stayed together at this whole kind of thing planned. And uh, he wasn't going to be there. So I looked. I'm like, OK, so I'm going to be in an Airbnb by myself on Saturday night. Like, what is the point? But the main reason was my daughter was in a uh, sketch show in a, at a theater in Toronto. Oh, for <clears throat> so I'm thinking all these things. And I thought that I could come see their, their performance on the Thursday before I went to the early bird on Friday. Because Charlie and I were going to go there Friday and do a thing and, and play a practice round. And then I found out that I was wrong and the performance was on Friday night. So given all I've told you, I'm like, you know what? Golf's important to me, but if I miss this, I'm going to feel like shit because I just thought, you know, it's not worth it. Given all of that. Yes. If the forecast had been better, (laughs) (laughs) no, it's terrible. If the weather had been better, we're back to mystery. Um, (laughs) But I, I ended up uh, Thursday night Going out with my family Because it was my ex-wife's birthday Friday night we all went out again Prior to this performance for dinner Then Saturday because I didn't go there I spent the day with the two of my kids Who my other daughter My older daughter came to visit So three days of my life was spent with my family And not Didn't golf those days Didn't go to the St. Thomas You know no mystery now As to why it was a great decision yeah I, I miss going to that it's, again it's been a part of my golfing life for a long time but I can tell you right now if I don't get my handicap up over two I don't know that I'll go back I just no, can't I, I, I can't play it, it From me mean, it's no fun for me it's 6,900 yards plus the weather makes it
1: 7,000 yards you know oh yeah well we were sitting on the patio Sunday around 1 o'clock and we we're watching these guys go off in the uh, I guess the, uh, the A flight and Oh my goodness! They are just bombing it. These, you know, a lot of them are university players and young amateurs, and there, there's nobody oh, yeah. with gray hair on that tee. I'll tell you, except no. for Jim Wait, the starter. <laughs> That's right,
0: Jimmy. You know, I said to my I'm talking to my my coach Yoda Paul, and I said, you know, if it's dry and the the fairways are bouncing. I, I, I can still get it around there I've done it I've gone there and played with Charlie And I can shoot, you know, a number I can shoot in the 70s there But when it's wet And I've got four layers on I just can't do it I mean, I don't carry the ball far enough I do miss the green, though I really love that golf course But that's oh, kind of why And I saw Ronan on the range the other day He's like, oh, we missed you I said, yeah, well It was one of the best decisions I've made this year Not to go
1: Hey, I just want to ask you quickly When you say sketch It was a sketch trooper comedy yeah. Like a Second like- City type of thing so is it improv? It was a
0: show they improved and then wrote, like Second City, right? They improv it. Out. Oh yeah, Spenny's uh, been doing that for a while, and it was at this cool theater downtown. You know, I don't know, maybe fifty people in the audience, and they so they they improv the show and then they write it and then they perform what they've written. And it was multimedia. It was quite something. And I kept sitting so there. Would she be what we would refer to as an act? Yeah, she's an actor, sketch artist. She does all that stuff. Cool, but she's also a writer, isn't she? She does her real job is producing and directing little mini films and such. But so cool. I was sitting there in the theater next to my one kid and my ex-wife, and thinking, you know, this is this was good. This was a good idea. Yeah. Not in you know I'm not in Saint Thomas, you know, at some you know roadhouse having you know fries and gravy. Anyway. That's all. That's all I have to say about that, my friend. Um, we do have an announcement. I have an announcement for you. Tim doesn't know this uh, as we wrap up the story today. For eight years, we've been doing this podcast, and this is. I'm going to say I take the blame for this because I would have just assumed what I'm about to tell you was true, and it turned out it was not true. Oh, I would have assumed all this time that our podcast was available anywhere podcasts were available and then i had a friend who uh i met good guy and told him we were talking about the uh, podcast and he said i'd like to listen to it i said well it's available you know everywhere and he said well it's not available on uh on spotify and i was like oh yeah it oh, is my. he said uh, i said no it's not i said well go check again and i anyway as of this morning a couple hours ago we've done the uh, we had our little production team at Humble and Fred Radio. We have uh, done the taking the steps and it will be on Spotify from now on. Not today. Well, actually, sure. By the time we release this podcast, it will be on Spotify. And our numbers will just skyrocket. They will skyrocket. Thank you. <laughs> Skyrockets in flight. flight. <laughs> yeah. So I thought you should know that, that we're now. A, we're be Starland well, vocal that's band. that's cool. Well, good to know. It is good to know. It's a good thing to know. Yeah, I thought you'd be happy. I I, I am a, an islet of joy. Excellent. So that's the show. Thank to, uh, thanks to thanks uh, to Jamie D's from uh, TaylorMade, and uh, who is Oscar Bravo dot com.
1: Congrats again to David Cows. Oh yeah. Who- for winning the, the B flight wearing resplendent in this shirt that he was wearing this this lovely blue shirt i'm sure there's a degree or a hue or something that one could describe more yeah, exactly. accurate. it's beautiful but, uh, we're saying by the way
0: david Cox is the uh, gentleman from whoisoscarbravo.com that's why we're mentioning that i'm not sure if we yes, did before there you go thank you um, for tying that up well i'm just i can't remember if we did but yeah he's a good player his brother is uh, scott Cox who is a very fine instructor yeah, very fine golf teacher mm-hmm. <laughs> one of very uh, one of the best i've ever actually had a chance to hit golf balls with he's very very good um, and uh, a lot of people think so he teaches a lot of people and he also teaches a lot of people how to teach
1: yeah which oh, is not yeah, an easy
0: yeah. thing to do absolutely
1: he's how uh, accomplished
0: how, young man have we talked about your gig how was your gig i can't remember if we did
1: Oh, um, was it last ago, week or yeah, two? Yeah, we Okay, we did talk club, about it. Uh, we played a club in uh, in Guelph. We had there's three bands. We were the headliners, I wow. guess. It went really, really well. We played a bunch of stuff. We played uh, a couple songs we'd never played before. Uh, we played uh, New Rose by The Damned, which is an amazing song for those... For, for the legions of punk fans that listen to this podcast, they would go, wow, your band plays New Rose. You must be amazing. That's what I and was the thinking. the other song that we played uh, for the first time is the amazing punk anthem Holiday in Cambodia yes, by I'm the lovely named Dead Kennedys.
0: Dead Kennedys were a CFNY staple band back in the day.
1: Absolutely. Too drunk to fornicate.
0: <laughs> is that what you were?
1: <laughs> no, it's oh, okay. the name of the
0: song. Okay, well, not, I can't keep up with you kids and all your fancy pantsy uh, music. <clears throat> all right, well that was Anyways, great. it was a
1: great it was a great gig, and actually we're playing uh, this Saturday. We're on a bill with five other band, four other bands, so. Yeah, we got a lot of gigs coming up. So it's it's fun, fun times. I bet, man.
0: It's got to be so cool. Tim goes and, you know, r- heart is passion. Of course, there's the groupies. It's all there for him. There's the hat on backwards. Yeah, that's all your signature it. move. Tim dot, uh, what is your, O'ConnorGolf.ca. And, of course, you can get uh, Tim's Substack there as well. And uh, you can have a coaching session with the Timberman. Uh, as well Humble and Fred Radio. Not only am I participating in that, but it is a the producer of this podcast. Uh, until next time, we'll see you next week, nerds
1: Step inside but you don't see too many faces. Coming in out of the rain and hear the jazz.